At Alina Health, we care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. Well, it's not just your waistline that suffers if you're not eating well. Your brain is one of the first organs in your body to feel the effects of poor food choices. My guest today is Jamie Carlson. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist at Alina Health Woodbury Clinic. Welcome to the show, Jamie. People don't think about brain food, but we've heard about brain food for years. What? How does what we eat affect our brain function? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for having me today. Um, you know, when we think about food in our brain, you're, you're right, we don't always make that connection. But what we have to understand is something that really impacts our brain is our blood sugar. And sometimes we think of blood sugar as only we talk about with diabetics, right? But every single cell in your body uses blood sugar. So imagine if your blood sugar spikes. And this this will happen if you've eaten something really sugary, maybe obvious sugary things like a soda or um, a donut. But... Also, there's a lot of other things that spike our blood sugar that don't sound sugary, like a bagel, um, pasta, bread. These will all spike that blood sugar, and they actually they overload our cells with sugar. And what that means for your brain is that over time, when we do this day after day, right, if we're eating a bagel for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, we're having cereal late at night for snacks, this constant influx of sugar creates inflammation in the body and the brain cells are part of those cells that get inflamed and this creates an issue because we've all heard of those feel-good hormones sometimes we call them neurotransmitters when our blood sugar spikes we can't use those quite as well and so that creates us to not have those kind of calm well-being moods that we once had so that spike in inflammation inflames our brain also not just our body and not only a spike in sugar can do that, but if we have a low blood sugar, so say you run out the house, you haven't eaten all day, you get to lunch, you just grab a candy bar because that's all that you have time for. When we get those high blood sugars, they're going to fall really fast. And those low blood sugars also hurt our brain. So if you've gone, like I said, if you've gone too long without, without eating, um, a lot of people now describe this feeling as hangry, right? You maybe feel irritable and anxious and those low blood sugars um, are your brain, they're, it, your brain's essentially mad and it's irritated because we had a high blood sugar that inflamed your brain and now we don't have any sugar for your brain. So people hear about inflammation these days and its relationship to heart disease and stress and cortisol yeah. and gut health and immune function and all yeah. of these things, Jamie. So tell us how that affects brain function as well. Yeah, a lot of times we don't think of that inflammation is always something that's impacting our brain and and certainly, we don't always make that impact or that connection between our gut health. Um, but what's going on in our intestines affects not only your brain's daily function, but it also can determine your risk of like neurological conditions that might come on later in the future. So, when we're thinking about this, something we have to talk about is gut bacteria, and that's something that's becoming more popular. It's also called your good bacteria, your microbiome, and this is. Um, the bacteria in our gut, and it plays such a critical role in so many systems in the body. It supports your immune function. It supports decreasing inflammation. It helps actually make neurotransmitters. That bacteria, I think that's a cool one. It makes neurotransmitters. Um, helps us make vitamins and absorb nutrients. And 
So this gut bacteria is really critical in how it impacts the brain. And, you know, so a few things I would tell people, we really need to think about supporting our gut health when we think about supporting our brain and preventing things like dementia and um, ADHD maybe in children. And my three tips for that is, one, to eat probiotics um, or foods with probiotics in it. So probiotics are live bacteria and yeast, and like I said, these are what live in that digestive tract. And um, although we can take supplements of them, uh, we can find them in a lot of foods. Um, anything that says live cultures is the place where we find it. So we might see that in yogurt. We might see that in something called kefir. Um, kombucha is a fermented tea that contains this. And then we have some other more unique ones like kimchi and sauerkraut, and that's where we can find some bacteria too. And these probiotics help support um, the gut lining, and it helps keep inflammation low in the gut. And we want to have low inflammation in our gut because if we've got high inflammation there, we're going to have that in our brain as well. So one is to eat probiotic-rich foods. The second is to, like I already touched on, is reducing those carbohydrates, um, those high blood sugars. Like I said, not only inflame the brain, um, they also create an imbalance to our gut bacteria. They feed all our bad bacteria, and they don't support enough of our good bacteria. So we want to reduce those carbohydrates. And um, the third thing we want to do is to drink filtered water, and that's not always something we talk about either, but a lot of the water we consume now is treated with chemicals like chlorine, and chlorine is something that will actually come into the body, and it can kill off that good bacteria that was going to keep our inflammation low and help us make neurotransmitters in the gut. So those three things are really important to support your gut to actually help support your brain. I would just like you to clear something up, Jamie, and when you talk about carbohydrates, because we need those for brain and spinal cord function, people yes. are on these high-protein diets and they think carbohydrates are the enemy, but you're yeah. not talking <laughs> about a carrot or a tomato, are you, or yeah, no. a piece of fruit. So, so clarify that for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah, so carbohydrates, like you said, it could be a fruit, it could be a vegetable, but where we tend to overindulge in is our processed carbs. So like our breads, our cereals, our granola bars, um, bagels, a lot of these things we find in processed forms, right? So these are where we see really, really high amounts of refined sugar, and all of this turns into blood sugar and spikes that inflammation in the body. So now what about the good fats, avocado and omega-3s yeah. and our oily fishes? How do they help our brain? Yeah, fats, this is my favorite nutrient for two reasons for the brain. The first reason is that fats stabilize your blood sugar. So when you eat about two to three tablespoons of a fat, that keeps your blood sugar stable for about four hours. And we already established that that's really good for a healthy brain. Um, but our brain is actually made up of 60% fat. And it's made up of the fats we eat, mostly those omega-3 fatty acids. Like you said, the ones we find in um, fatty fish like salmon, um, but also in nuts and oils. So um, these fats are required to support that brain tissue. So, you know, the, the phrase you are what you eat is so true because these fats actually make up and become the cells in your brain. And if we're not giving our body these great omega-3 fatty acids that are really anti-inflammatory, um, we're going to have more inflammation in the brain there. So in just the last few minutes, incorporate some foods that are really good for our brain into our daily life. Give people tips yeah. and how we can just get those foods in every day. For sure. Right, because it does, it does us no good if we just know this information and can't actually do it. So we have to be able to 
practice this on a daily basis. So in the morning, this might look like you wake up and you take some healthy fat. So you could do some butter or some coconut oil. These are great fats to cook high heat. It cook with high heat. Um, so I might stir fry some veggies in there, like kale and peppers, maybe a little bit of hash browns, and then I'll fry up two or three eggs. Um, and then on the side, I might do some full fat, plain yogurt. And this would be one that contains those live cultures. So I'm getting my fats, I'm getting protein, I'm stabilizing my blood sugar, but I'm also putting that good bacteria into my gut also. Um, for lunch or dinner, I might make a big salad, uh, lots of veggies. Um, salmon is sometimes hard to find, you know, fresh, so I might do some wild-caught canned salmon um, and do a dressing with that has an olive oil base or maybe an avocado on it. And we can even do this when we go out to eat. So um, if we go out and you want to, you're going to go get burgers with a friend, we have a burger, but say we skip out on the bun. Um, that's where we get a lot of those processed carbohydrates. And instead we ask, for a fried egg on top of our burger and maybe top it with an avocado. And if you're adventurous, maybe if they have sauerkraut, that's a good way to get some good bacteria in Oh, you're rocking my world here. <laughs> and what about snacks? Because people really don't know what to snack on to yeah. help our brains. Yeah, and so snacking is another thing, right? If we snack on carbohydrates, those processed ones, that's going to throw off our blood sugar too. So our snacks need to be something that also focused on blood sugar stabilization and that keeps coming back to the idea that I said fats keep your blood sugar stable for four hours and so snacking on fats is a great way so like some raw or dry roasted nuts um, almonds I like to just cut up a half avocado add a little salt to it and eat that for a snack Um, so really trying to skip out on doing a lot of the kind of sugary processed snacks like a some granola and protein bars that we grab and those can have uh, you know, almost 25 grams of sugar just in one bar. So no making kidding. sure to grab for those fats instead of grabbing for some of those other convenient processed foods. And just give us your best advice in the last minute here for eating well for our brain health. My favorite recommendation is to think about your blood sugar. Um, balancing out your blood sugar is not only going to support the brain health, um, it's going to support or reducing your risk of diabetes, managing our weight, keeping inflammation low in the body. And the trick to help out our brain is keeping inflammation low. And so we do that by making sure we reduce a lot of those processed carbohydrates. Try to eat the real ones, more vegetables in the diet, adding in lots of healthy fats, not being scared to do that. Great things like avocados and coconut oil and lots of different good fats out there now. And making sure we get protein in too. We didn't talk about that much at this session, but protein is really great for stabilizing that blood sugar also. And all of that is going to help keep the inflammation low in the body so that we're not creating inflammation in our brain. Thank you. What great information. You are excellent (laughs) and so well-spoken. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.